I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc., all one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, we have an amazing episode with Terrence Terrell, who's one of the most humble and down-to-earth guys I've had on the show. He started out as an extra, built his way up through the commercial world, and is crushing it on his new show, Be Positive. He's got a new movie coming out with Jamie Foxx called All-Star Weekend, where he plays LeBron James. This is such an amazing interview, and it's just so inspiring to hear how someone made it from the ground up and is doing so well. I got so much love for you, Terrence. Here it is. Terrence Sorrell, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. Ah, oh, me so much, man. You know, I it's so cool watching you succeed and everything that you're doing with Be Positive, Room 104. I know you had such an incredible I mean, your resume is, is, is awesome, but it's so cool that you're, you're really starting to hit a stride, man. And I'm, I know so many amazing things are coming your way. Now, I, I feel like it's just going to get this year. You're going to take over the world. Oh, I like that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Let's put it out there. I love that. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. 2021. Yes, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey. 2020 was good to me. So it's been a really, really amazing journey. So I'm just fortunate, like I say all the time, it could be anybody else, but it's me. That's amazing, man. I'm so happy to hear that. But if it's cool with you, let's start from the beginning. Where, where did you grow up? Oh, I grew up in a little town called Cleveland, Mississippi. So um, I grew up there until I was five. And then my, mo- my mom moved us to San Diego. She wanted us to see that the world was bigger um, nice. Then Cleveland, Mississippi. So then I moved to San Diego when I was there until 15, moved back to Mississippi to help my grandmother with open heart surgery. You know, in the South, you always move back to help. Yeah, I get so it. you move, I moved back to help. And then I, it was the best thing for me. I moved back right at 15. So getting out of high school, going directly into college and getting into grad school. And I graduated at the age of 21 with a, with a master's. So wow. came right to LA and got right to it. Where, yeah. where, where did you go for your master's? I went to Jackson State University in Jackson, Mississippi for my master's and undergrad was Mississippi Valley State University. Got it. And, and did you get your master's in theater? Yeah. No, I got my master in business. Oh, look at you. <laughs> A hustler. I love it. Entrepreneur. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. So I got my master's in business. So it's it's it was my mother pushed me to get my master's, even though she only went to community college. She was like, you need your master's. And I'm glad at first I'm like, this is a waste of time. But I'm really, really glad that I did go to school because, you know, as an actor, you have 15 minutes at if that much to sign a contract. Mostly when you're co-starring and guest starring, yeah. to sign that contract and get get on set. So I'm glad I was able to, you know, go through school and get like just a simple knowledge to be able to read through those contracts as fast as I can and make it make sense to me. 
yeah. and then catch anything. Cause at that point, you know, you don't have lawyers or anything when you're doing co-stars and stuff. No, so, totally. Yeah. It, school really matters. Yeah. School really matters. That's great. I, I, I'm there now and I'm signing those contracts. I don't even know what, you know what I mean? Uh, next time I have a contract, I'll have to ask <laughs> you for advice, but, uh, so tell me, man, where, yeah. where, <laughs> where did the artist bug come in? The artist bug came in. I feel like um, as a kid, you know, you, we always had I grew up with a single mom. So us always playing pretend to, you know, maybe even pretend like we weren't hungry because we couldn't. We knew she didn't have that much. So just pretend like we were okay. I feel like I've been acting since I was a five, you know, doing certain things. And then my first performance was in, you know, of course, church, the church theater. Yeah. And then that little thing came on and I wanted to be like Eddie Murphy on Boomerang. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, so that's what made me go to college, actually, to be like Eddie Murphy. But I didn't understand as a child that I wanted to be Eddie Murphy. So right. it all worked out. <laughs> that's amazing. And and did you do drama during high school and college at all? You know, the funny thing about it is in middle school, they were doing a princess bride, right? And they wanted me to be one of, we did that and they wanted me to be a character. I was like, no, I just want to be behind the scenes. I don't really want to be in front of the camera. And then we did, we went on to do Hook and I was one of the Lost Boys. Oh, and nice. I was literally trying to get my mom to move. Yeah, so I was like, Mom, just move before the production so I won't have to perform. So I was scared <laughs> to actually be on stage for a very wow, you long had time. stage fright. And, no way. Um, so it, yes, yes, stage fright all the time. So I was like, no, I don't want to do this. I want to be behind the camera. But it thrust me into it, uh, mass communications um, in college. I, you know, you end up doing like certain things, doing exercises, like interviewing people. And the pr professor was like, you probably should really do this. You're really good. And yeah, that's what happened. I ended up going to uh, I did a couple of plays at, at Valley State and I wanted to be a model when I came out to L.A. So like, I, you're skinny, handsome dude. Yeah. Beard. <laughs> I <can tell>. <laughs> so you skinny, should... you know, just trying to do whatever. But then I, huh? I said, you're so handsome. I could totally see that. <laughs> Oh, cut it out. But, you know, just still coming out here to do that. And then I think after my first fashion show, they gave me a bag with a T-shirt and a sneaker bar. And I was like, nah, where the money at? It was like, no, it's the experience, the pictures. And I said, I'm too big not to be eating. And so like, I'm good. But as an athlete, I knew um, that I had there's work before the goal. So I'm like, I have to find out where the work is. So then I end up, you know, being blessed with some amazing people who lead, led me into like some great acting classes. And then sure enough, the acting and everything, I really was able to master the tool and the art. So that's that's where we are now. So talk to me, what, what activated your decision to move to L.A.? Was New York ever on the table or was it always L.A.? L.A. was always on the table because L.A. just seems, you know, I was familiar with San Diego and California is really laid back. New yeah. York, I visited, you know, visited a couple of times. New York is gangster. New, the children walk fast out there. So if you are coming to New York and people are like, oh, I can't make it to L.A., I'm going to just go to L um, New York and try it out. My friends who are actors out there in New York, they carry suitcases with them because they have uh, three auditions across the bridge yeah. and they got another audition. They got a dance audition. They got a singing audition. They got a commercial audition. So, no, I was like, I'm going to L.A. L.A.'s laid back compared to New York. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm in New York I get, I, and I'm one of those guys. So I get it, man. That, that's amazing. So talk to me when when you got there, you know, it. L.A. can be a blessing and a curse because it's a city that revolves around one business. So how did you integrate yourself into the community yeah. and, and did you find a mentor? Or what was your process? You know what? The thing that I knew, um, just like I said, the mindset, I don't know. I always thank God for my mind um, because I was like, if I'm not on set, if I'm not speaking in front of the camera, there's ways to get on set. And just be in an environment, you know, like you go to the gym every day. So you need to be in that atmosphere. So I encourage a lot of people, like especially actors, not really knowing because a lot of my friends, especially well, not my friends. I don't want to say friends because they what they didn't tell me about L.A. casting or anything else um, or like how to get a casting or an audition because they quote unquote at the end, they told me I evolved too quick. So they knew if they gave me the information, I will go above them. Yeah. It was, you know, it's really weird in L.A. Like that. Like yeah, you got to be it's, very careful. Yeah. With, 
Yeah, you got to be very careful. And that's girls and boys. You know, your friends who, even though I'm a male, I had female friends who felt intimidated by me as well. So you just really have to be careful on the energies that you let in your circle, you know? Yeah. And um, so then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it the real way. You know, do certain things like background. I started doing background acting. I started doing audience work. I started doing stand-ins. Um, work just to be in front of the cap- camera and see how the world moves. So when I got that first co-star, I wasn't, you know, um, ignorant to certain things like up front move, you know, stage left, stage. I knew the lingo already because yeah. of the background work and the standing work that I did. So it was, it's just, it helps you. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. I, I love that. And when you got there, you know, were you immediately, did you find an acting studio or a coach? Or what, what What? was the journey like on that regard? No, when I first got here, uh, like I said, nobody was telling me anything. The yeah. first, actually, there was one amazing casting director who told me, she could see, she was like, oh, you should be acting. I'm like, that's what I'm trying to do. And it was a party I went to. Um, and after the party, she, uh, Nissa Williams is her name. And she went through L.A. casting for me and she showed me like what my profile picture should be, what should be on my resume, what I should do here, what I should do there. And that helped me because I think the next day after that, I booked Kanye West's Love Lockdown the music video. Yeah. Um, so I booked that. And then, yeah, so it's, I learned through L.A. casting that, you know, basically I became my own agent. I started submitting myself on certain things. So then I got into like making sure my profile was really the profile pictures were good and then making sure I did real. So then at that point, I started to do student films because stu- people don't look, you know, they only want to get paid. But I knew I needed to do student films to get the real. Yeah. To then be able to send into casting. So, you know what I mean? And yeah. student films are really ex- amazing because you got to remember these students are getting grades to graduate on this work. So they, their their productions are top line most of the time. Yeah. So um, did that. And that's the way that's the way I, I churned all the work out and got on there because I did like five or six student films that got me the footage from it. Quality footage. And then sure, sh- slowly but surely, I then was able to build a reel. And then, of course, after your first reel, a year later, I had another reel because I had the co-stars and the guest stars and I yeah. had another reel. And then now, literally, my agent just said last week, I need to make another reel. No so way. It's, just, it's, a, it's a learning block. Yeah, I have to make another reel with all the work that I have now. So, you know, because after the Emmy and everything, you still want my team. I was like, you still have to make sure people know, you know, you have to do the work. Yeah, you know what I mean, totally. so, yeah, I still. It, I, yeah. Even on set. Yeah. Even on set. I love that. No matter what level you're at, you got to keep doing it. And I'm so curious, you know, you as, as you know, being your own agent, you got yourself love lockdown. You know, what, what was that experience like? love lockdown so i got that audition and oh so the audition (laughs) i did some crazy stuff so love (laughs) lockdown right they (laughs) i did some crazy stuff love lockdown they told me to come and bring uh like come and they, they needed tribal they i think i got an audition for the the tribal leader, the yeah. ancestor leader or something. So everybody else, they was like, just wear briefs. You know, they're going to make you take your shirt off to so wear briefs. So I literally, for Love Lockdown, I came, I did my tribal makeup. I had a, I, I look like uh, The Rock on Scorpio King. Yeah, I my got Jason a big Momoa. ponytail. <laughs> yeah. So I got a big ponytail. I got the cool stuff. I came in there with like the arm wrappings and stuff. And yeah, I walked in there and everybody's like, oh, he's here to get the role. So that worked with that. And I booked it in, you know, going from one character, Kanye saw me and I did one character to being able to do four characters for him. And then he asked me to stay longer to get the last shot with him, like where it's just going to be me and him inside of the um, inside of the home or whatever. And of course, I had this big thing on me. You can't tell it was me, but my mom recognized me by my ankles. She was like, those are my baby ankles. <laughs> <laughs> she knew me. <laughs> That's adorable. But yeah, I say like the first time I did that, yeah. So she knew, she was like, you were next to Kanye. I was like, how do you know? She's like, I know that an- the ankles and them toes from anywhere. You're my baby. So I was like, oh. Oh, so yeah, man. That sweet. That's amazing. And so that was a great experience for you? Yeah, it taught me that even on set, you always have to be alert. When you get on set, you have to, as soon as you pull on that driveway, wherever they tell you to park, turn on, leave everything else, 
that's going on with the personal world, leave it behind because they could have picked anybody else, but they picked you. So it taught me to stay on throughout set because if not, Kanye would have never asked me to stay five extra hours to then do another scene and do some other things for him. So it was like, you, I knew that I learned a lot just being on and always, you know, being attentive, watching, not being an actor that falls asleep in the chair because it's quote unquote background or whatever. Just always being on and understanding and just being able to, you know, you get one shot. So when you get it, kick that door open. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that advice. And and I imagine that really kind of activated you to having that experience. So like yeah. you, you want to once you get that taste of it, you know, as an actor, I get it. You you want it again. So yes. Did you, were you doing like actors access backstage, all that to keep getting work? Oh yes. Yes. After that, I got into um, backstage. I then that's when you learn that there's more than just LA casting. So the world started opening up. And when you're on set with background artists or anybody else, most of the time, most of them want to talk (laughs) to you. So you talk and then you'll learn a lot. Like I learned about actors access through a background um, job that I did. I learned about getting audience words where you can get paid in cash so that you can eat right away compared to waiting for a check. Then I learned about central casting where you can literally go stand in line like four o'clock in the morning. But once you get in there, they built you a profile and now you don't have to worry about looking for background work because they're sending you background work every five minutes to see yeah. if you're right. They're pitching you as. Yeah. So I got into that um, central casting and then shortly, but um, slowly I got into the acting class in that point. It took me, what, two, three years to start. I got my first co-star on Criminal Minds uh, and on then your, on your my own way without- up into. The, at that point, I got my I was standing in for Snoop Dogg. So my agent at that point. I ended up firing five agents. So I was on my agent abstract talent. Um, Yeah, you have to. You have to know that, you know, I don't expect anybody to work harder than than me, but I have an amazing team now where they work very hard. Well, I think that's critical, (laughs) critical advice because most actors think I just need an agent and then I'll be okay. You know, but if anything, the work intensifies. Yes. And so if you're already programmed to work out hard for yourself, by the time the agent and the manager and they give you these appointments where these opportunities where they're bigger than anything that you ever could have got for yourself, but you're already programmed to work hard. So when they give you these opportunities, it's not you're not getting into the room and just blacking out. You already are ready for the challenge. So getting the and also being able to know when it's not working. Some people are with the agents. And I remember I was like, I never want a manager. Managers take extra money yeah. because you hear all these horror stories like my manager hasn't called me in five months. But that's because you're just sitting at home and you're waiting for your manager to give you the work. Yeah. Compared to me, I was already coming with all this work and my agents at that time, weren't doing as much as they needed. So at that time, you know, I ended up getting with um, Abstract and Abstract got me the appointment for Criminal Minds, but I was already ready and programmed because I was yeah. on set on um, Snoop Dogg and Martha's show. I was his stand-in oh, and I cool. got a call back and I had to leave a stand-in gig to run for the co-star gig. So the director allowed me to go, but he's like, how's the stand-in? The st- now the stand-in needs a stand-in. So <laughs> he said, you better book it. Yeah, so I went out there and I booked it and um, that's how it all started as well. But um, I got Criminal Minds and at that point you're thinking like, okay, I made it. I don't need to do background anymore. But my agents were saying like, oh yeah, don't really do any more background because they may want to move this character. So with me, I was like, well, that's not going to help me at home. I can't just wait until somebody gives me an opportunity. So I continue doing background. I continue doing commercial background as well. That's when I started doing commercial background because you realize that commercial background pays more than regular background. So there's levels, you know? Yeah. So with a commercial background, if you hit a certain hour, you can make anywhere from $300 coming in automatically. A regular background, you make up to 180, I believe. I'm giving y'all some math. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Within a day. Yeah. So then if you hit a certain hour or golden hour with that, you can make what? Maybe $700. But on commercials, you come in at $360. You hit that golden hour. And then that also, you want to hit this golden hour because you will almost make a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars for that day. But that also comes with all the tools that you've learned from the other background work, because 
the background people, usually the ADs are watching you. They want to keep the people who are actually moving and working and doing yeah. whatever and not hiding, you know, to do the work, like, or just sitting at crafty eating. They want the people who are moving and doing the work because yeah. that's a representative, a representative of them now. So you learn, I learned to be good to the ADs, always be attentive, always paying attention, not just goofing off when I'm on set, even though I'm background, quote unquote. Um, and then, of course, I got a couple of golden hours. So now I'm making from 360 to like 1500 sometimes $2,500 in one day wow. just for being background because, because they're keeping me on. I'm the one that's sitting there smiling, waving, making sure I'm on point, making sure I'm paying attention and making sure I'm working with the directors and knowing what they're looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So um, that's the whole art in itself. Yeah. And then a great thing about commercial background, I'm giving you guys a lot of knowledge. No, no, this the great is what thing I about want. commercial background. <laughs> yeah. So the great thing about commercial background, if you're on the commercial, right? And this is a trick. It's not a trick. It's 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 a trick. But if you're, <laughs> if you're on commercial background, if you're if you're doing really, really well, they'll keep you for that golden hour. But the trick to SAG is that you're part of the union. If you're in a commercial and they show your face for more than a second or two seconds, now you are entitled to principal. So now you get a principal cut of the commercial and then you possibly get residuals. Every time that commercial get ran, you get paid for that. So you went, you woke up that morning trying to be a background for $360, but now you paid attention on set, you're on point, and now you got asked to stay for the golden hour. So not only did you get paid triple the amount of money that you were supposed to start off that day. Now you're possibly in the commercial. Now when the commercial airs and you see your, your face for more than a second or two and you can make out your identity on a commercial, that's when you call your union rep and then your union rep will then contact commercial like, oh, well, you have to give him principal rate because now he's establishing the commercial. Wow. So there's like you always just want to just just be a good person and all this stuff will just fall in your lap. That's you know what amazing. I mean? Thank you for sharing that. That's so yeah. wonderful. And then yeah. did did eventually Criminal Minds ever bring you back or or did that not end up happening? No. They're no lost. Criminal Minds, that character, I got saved. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think they were about to end. It was like that next year they were about to end. So they were on their final season. But at that point, I started to go in for pilot auditions and things like that. And then um, and then that's the other thing. Being an actor, a lot of people coming up are saying, like, don't be a commercial actor. Commercials are lazy. But I'm like, commercials. <laughs> Thank are God I didn't my bills. To that because of the whole mo <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now I'm the motor, and I thought it was just one commercial, but it's an entire campaign. So I've done 28 national commercials with Progressive already. And that's including wow. radio and commercials. So it's like you just have to be so open to everything. You can't get stuck as an actor, just quote unquote, being an actor because it is called show business. Yeah. So you always want to make sure you're doing a business part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And once you learn the business smart part and then also because everybody wants to be an artist, but also knowing that these stories that you're being blessed to told, you know, it comes with a responsibility. So now you have to also be an artist, but then also you have to handle your business as well, making sure that you're not just letting your agent cut all your checks. You're waiting for checks to come. The checks can come directly to you, get an LLC, and then you cut your agent their commission. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? So it's all, it's show business. You have to have both to, to really have a career out here. And it sounds like, you know, that master, you know, degree really helped you know all this, you know, I mean, that's, that's incredible See? wealth of knowledge. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. It all comes full circle. Yes. You're always a student. Did yeah. And you're always a student. When you, If you're an artist, you're always a student. And and once you got that first co-star, were you starting to then go up for, for guest stars and reoccurring or was it, was it mainly more co-star guest star? It was a couple more co-stars. Um, but then I got my amazing manager, Caitlin. Um, she was at principal. I met her through my teacher, Sally Pressman. She was a, uh, Caitlin was assistant to a manager. She was becoming a manager at the company. And, um, you know, you're hearing all these horror stories about managers in class. So I'm like, I don't want a regular manager. My manager needs to be gangster. Yeah. And Sally was like, I think Kaylin's going to be the perfect perk for you. So Kaylin then got all my dreams, everything I talked to, we had a meeting. She then put it in a world to the point where like, okay, you want to get 
here. So now, once again, you have a co-star. So now we got to get a couple more co-stars. And then we got to say no to co-stars. And we got to get guest stars. Yeah. And you get a couple of guest stars. Then you say no to guest stars. And that's just something really, really special. Now we only are focusing on recurring. And she told me after the guest star, she was like, okay, T, we may be a couple of, you know, it may be a little slow because now I'm only submitting you for um, recurring. And she's a whole master at this. Like, it's like playing chess. So then I became recurring. So now you're getting, I'm, I got like two or three recurring under my belt. And then it became series regular in lead. You know what I mean? So yeah. So still, every every time you get to a level in your career, there's still another level you have to go up to, then another level. So um, with that, that's how my resume grew. And also, if you're doing guest stars and recurring, now if somebody sends you a co-star and Casting sends you a co-star, you have to think about that. Like, okay, so if you went to a guest star recurring and Cassie sent you a co-star, if you go backwards into the co-star, now Cassie's like, you. okay, cool. Then he, he yes, yeah. so exactly. So you got to know when to say no at a certain yeah. level and keep going up. So was the, the Notorious and Tupac project your first reoccurring? Yeah, and I got that. I was with uh, wow, you you're bringing me back. I forgot about that. That's <laughs> what <laughs> I'm here so, for. Yeah, I'm like yes, yes. Yeah. So Kaylin got me. That was my first recurring. So I got that, and um, that's when things start happening. I was with Anthony Hemingway, who, and I'll give you that story in a little while too, because I did a couple of episodes there. And then, and Anthony Hemingway directed that amazing director. And always, I was still, I'm still, and I feel like everybody should do background because it puts a hustle mentality in you, but it humbles you as well. Yeah. So you're not coming to set with an ego, you know what I mean? Because you know what it feels like for the director or anybody not to even call your name, not even caring about what your name is. Yeah. Compared to now, the director is calling your name and they're getting establishing your shot and your your um, angle and everything. So now, just just being me, being a good person, I'm not saying be phony, be yourself, but just be treat people the way you want to be treated. Because now, who would have known five years later, now that I have four books out and I have an animated short, Anthony Hemingway teamed up with me now, and now my animated short is going to series, and right? talked with huge, yes, with yeah. series in, a, uh, in the actual um, short. Yeah, so it's a lot of great things going on with a relationship that I had with this guy, what, five years ago? Yeah. Wow. So it just really, he really became an anchor in your life. Yeah. So I met him and, you know, I knew after the set, I knew of him. We weren't close or anything, but he knew I was a good person. I knew he was a good person. And you have to remember that in LA, that's how things work. You can't go around using or just trying to get in and get what you need out of somebody and leave. You have to treat people because relationship out here will take you way further than your talent will. Yeah, so true. I mean, it's it, people people don't yeah. take that it is at its word and its value as it should. And I'm curious, you know, working on so many LA projects yes. like like Shameless and and Modern Family, you know, did that did those kind of, you know, because those projects are so globally successful, did that really help you get in front of bigger and bigger yes. rooms? Yes, yeah, so Modern Family helped me get in there. Um, but then I got when I got shameless, shameless was the thing that I saw that really start moving things. When I booked wow. shameless, um, it was a guest star. And um, and it's funny thing is, you know, it was fourth of July. They gave me the audition the third of July. So then it, the next day was fourth of July. They were having an audition the fifth of July. Oh, wow. So when I went into the audition, it was and I, I went directly to a producer session. So at this point with casting. I established that I can do the work and they know they can trust me with the work. So when you get straight to a producer session, that means the casting director is literally putting their name and career on the line for you. Yeah. They're saying like, these are the three people I know that can do this. But remember, it's the 4th of July. So yeah. I took responsibility. I didn't go anywhere. I stayed at home. I studied. I make sure I was ready for my audition for the next day. So when I got in that room, you can see a couple of guys in there. They were still at the 4th of July party. <laughs> I was on. I was ready when I got. <laughs> I was on. I was ready when I got in there. It wasn't. I did it two times, um, and then before I walked off the lot, they, it, it doesn't take three or four days for them to make the decision. As soon as I walked off the lot, I got a call saying, "Like, okay, you're pinned for it." That's amazing. That's like- yeah. Because you got to remember, casting wants to book you. Casting wants to book you 
just as much as you want the job because it's their job to find somebody. So if they can, they know they can entrust you with the job, they're going to book you because that means they don't have to see 1,500 people. Yeah, their, their job's done for the day. Yeah, That's so a- when you go on casting, casting, any audition you go out for, um, I'm, you shouldn't be nervous. Don't be nervous. It's a team effort. When you get into that room, figure to figure out what, what they need, what they want from you. You bring your best stuff to the table. And if they give you a direction in the room, a lot of times I use like, oh my God, I'm not doing it right. They just asked me to do something else. No, that means you're doing something great. They just want to, you know, move a couple of things around to yeah. make sure you hit the mark even harder to have a good tape to send off to producers. That's amazing. And, the, and, and moving yeah. into things like bigger, you know, and, and, and boss, what was it cool to then suddenly be in this consistent reoccurring place in your career, you know, like getting to work with some of the most amazing names in the business. Yes. Blackish was very amazing. Like Tracy Ellis Ross. And it was just Anthony. It was, it was crazy. It was an amazing feeling. But at the same time, now you're sitting next to Tracy Ellis yeah. Ross and you have a dialogue. With, yeah. You have dialogue with Anthony Anderson. You have dialogue with all these amazing, great people that you looked up to when you were trying to get to this point. So you still have to hold your own. But at the same time, I knew I did the work to belong there. I knew I, I was right where I belonged. So um, with that, the recurrence were great. And it just became second nature. When you're not thinking about your goals and you know that this is what you're planning to do. There's no plan B's for me. I know what I want. I'm going to put the work in for it. I'm going to be a good person. All of it just start pouring in. And um, I did bigger, but then I was doing 104 before the week before bigger. I did a room 104 with uh, Linda Lavin, who's actually on the show. Um, uh, who's actually on be positive with me now. No so imagine if I wasn't nice on that set, and now I'm a serious regular on this set, it would have just been horrible, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, the bigger of it, that week of, it was crazy because I was on eight planes because now the Motor campaign was about to start. So now Monday, Tuesday, I was flying out of LA back and forth to Ohio. Then I flew directly into Atlanta, filmed that, and then I flew back. We wrapped Friday at 5 a.m., I got on plane at 6 a.m., got to L.A. at 12, did another audition um, and went to the Emmys an hour later, won the Emmy, came back home, directly which, home. Which no talk about that. Directly. I mean, well, was that because of COVID or? No, no, this was um, I came home. The reason I came directly home was because I was tired. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> I was tired. It was an entire week of, you know, the motor of it all, the. Um, the show, I still had to show up and do my job for the show and then go out for an Emmy. You know, I was nominated for it. So to even get on uh, back on a plane, to fly back to L.A. And then I came home and I had to go back. To- wow. Hang on. Hello. 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 Okay, right. I think your internet's oh. kind of. <laughs> oh, there we go. You're back now. It's it's it it totally so. <coughs> oh, you you didn't. Okay, cool. Um. Okay. Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah. Okay. So then. Um, so then <laughs> I came back, went directly to the Emmys and won. But now I had to get right back on set. I got there at 7 a.m. and I got right on set at 8 and had to perform right away. Got right on set and got in costume and did whatever and still had to perform for three days there and then came home. Wow. So it man. was it was a whirlwind of just it was it was amazing. How it was I mean, amazing. How did stamina wise, how were how did you prepare yourself for that? Or did you just figure it out as you went? I figured it out as I went because I'm one of the ones who don't I, I forget to eat sometimes on set and I forget to drink water. Yeah. So I remember I was so tired. If you watch when I um won the Emmy, there's a point after I walked away, because that thing is like 15, 20 pounds. It looks so like it. Walked, yeah. His head is huge. It's right over there. But I walked and I had to 
I it looked like I was backing up. I almost fell because I was that. <laughs> and it was so heavy. I was like, uh, I stumbled a little bit. So yeah, it was, it was, it, you have to learn. Like now I try to nourish myself and um, I do meal prep and meal planning. There's some great services out here, like Eat Naked, where you can actually plan your meals. So yeah. then as an artist, you're not worried about eating because you still have to fuel yourself. So and it's as so an much athlete, stuff. you're taken care of. <laughs> yes. And then also I'm always working out every day. You, I work, I try to work out at least an hour or two and it keeps you humble. Even after set, I come home and try to work out. So you always know that it's a grind. You know yeah. what I mean? I think some people get to a point where they're like, I don't have to do any of this, but no, you have to stay in it if you want it to be a career. And I'm curious, having worked in a blend of, of drama and comedies, was there one that you felt more, you know, inspired to do or did you do you enjoy both i enjoy both i like both yeah but multi-cam <laughs> i can only imagine oh my god so oh my god so let's talk yeah. about how be positive came your way what when did you know because it started in 2020 was this covid yeah, yeah. during COVID. So, so you did you get the role before covid started no no oh. I got the role in October during COVID. No yeah. way. But this is a testament. And thank you for bringing that up because this is a testament about the hard work. People love and they admire people who work hard. So when you get these auditions, let's say like you get an audition. Um, so for Chuck's office, Chuck Lawyer's office, that casting office, I was getting auditions for maybe three years prior from yeah. being where I am. And sometimes the auditions didn't make any sense. They're like, they want like a 45 year old um, group home volunteer. Like, it's just like crazy stuff, right? Yeah. But I still showed up. I didn't turn it down like, this isn't me. I'm not feeling the work. You're an actor. You feel the work. You you make yourself feel it. Act yeah. as if you feel the work, right? Totally. Actor. <laughs> yeah. So I would still go up with my best foot forward as if I'm a 45 year old man going for not, you know, going for a great opportunity. So at that point, so I built a relationship with casting to the point where I may have not been right. So when we don't get these roles, it's not because your work was horrible and oh my God, you didn't wear the right makeup. Your hair was horrible. You're too dark. No, it's, it's the role wasn't for you. Yeah. And so we moved on. So during COVID I get, I booked a movie uh, with Miles Teller that ended up getting on hiatus. And sure enough, I get a script for Be Positive and fell in love with it right away because I found out it was about dialysis. My grandmother went for dialysis. So I did one take. I was here with my best friend, Jamel. He, we did one take because I don't see Oh, it was, it was a self-tape. Self-tape. So they wow. said I did a self-tape, went in the room, did my self-tape, came back out, ate something, went to sleep, right? And I get a call that I was pinned. And then um, it was only supposed to be a recurring, a guest star recurring. But then I end up finding out that day that I got pinned for that. And I got pinned for two other projects. Oh, my Truth God. Terrence, yeah, you're so, crushing the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, so I get pinned for three things, right? So I'm like, this is history in the making. Yeah. <laughs> so I got pinned for three things. And just because I have a great relationship with my um, team, they were like, we need to always, you know, lead with grace. So they then had to go to each cast and direct like, hey, we're just like, you know, he got pinned for all this. So then we heard that Chuck was like, nope, he's booked. We're making him series regular. Boom. Oh, man. <laughs> now you're getting Charlie so, Sheen money. <laughs> so, well, not yet. Not yet. Hopefully soon. So, yeah, right? yeah, that money yeah. that money that make you go crazy. But yeah. <laughs> but no. Um, so we did that in just one tape. I didn't I didn't have to do a um, chemistry read. With I didn't Thomas? Have to do a no, I did uh -huh. one tape. One tape and done because I've done so much work for that the casting office that they knew I could do it. They trust so, you. That's amazing. Yeah. So now you're getting trusted with people's livelihood. And yeah. also you have to make sure you show up your best self. And then now this is a deep positive, amazing thing about the show. This is real life. People, my grandmother was on dialysis. So now you have to educate yourself on what it feels like to be in that dialysis chair because people are watching this every week. And seeing a mirror, you're putting the mirror up. So you want to make sure you're bringing your best foot forward to that as well. So, yeah, it's 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 all amazing. So it's hard work every week. And so with Multicam, you know, you work it. I went in doing like one or two days a week on other shows. Multicam, yeah. I'm there Monday morning all the way to Friday now. Well, like a proper corporate job almost. Yes, yeah. you're. it's a proper corporate job. Yeah. And it's, 
you're working. We're rehearsing Monday, Tuesday, half of Wednesday. We start filming at four o'clock on Wednesday um, from the rehearsal, from lunch. And then you go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So you're performing in your high t- states and you're making sure you have the jokes. You're making sure you have your points from yeah, your head I'm, to your toe. I'm sorry to interrupt, but if you could like, you know, the, I think one of the hardest things for actors is comedy. I, I mm. also, I, I, I firmly believe it's harder than drama. So, yes, it is. Yeah, it is. So when you got this show, you know, and you, it's multicam, did you work with a coach or did you just kind of figure it out as you went or? See, and this is the thing you are, you're laying as you are wishing for these opportunities, lay your path. So I didn't have to because I went to Leslie Kahn and she's amazing with multicam yeah. um, comedy. And when I first got in there, you know, I was like, oh, comedy's easy. But comedy is a science. They have the, the math to it already. So, yeah. the, you know, one, two, three is threes. Go up on here. Yeah, you don't go the, down, ca- you go the up. cadences. The cadence. Everything yeah, is yeah. already in stone. So since I was there for five years before I went to Dino Castle, I feel like Dino Castle was is the graduate school of acting and then leslie was like cool college times yeah but because of that i there was a cadence that i already knew um so i could tap back into it without that much but then i also sometimes i read a couple of scripts with um amazing teacher trisha trisha's amazing she's was at leslie con so like little private coaching here and there but no i already had the groundwork for multi-camp yeah wow and i mean talk to me about filming this during a pandemic was, you know, oh, I, I yeah. imagine the protocols pretty, pretty gnarly is, you know, yeah. I mean, the, um, we get tested. What, what there's a couple of things coming out in the next couple of episodes. I don't want to give away, oh, okay. but, now, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but now I'm getting tested. Usually um, we get tested um, Monday for the rapid. And then you get a P- PSR, PCR, PCR um, Monday as well. So you get a rapid right away to get on set. So we can wrap it. We get tested uh, maybe three times a week. But now okay. I get tested five times a week because of more interaction with the characters on the show. That's are there, that. That's it. Are there extras <laughs> yet or no? Yeah. So we have extras. So they're getting tested. So after all the protocol, Monday and Tuesday, you're saying words with like shields and a face mask. Yeah. But after the protocol and it's time to perform, I always have to like relax my mouth and because now you have to perform. It's like you're taking weights off your ankle from yeah. running. So now if you're not safe, you're talking too fast. So um, I try to make sure now that my cadence is different because you, you have the mask on, you have the shield on. It all sounds but, different, yeah. But now it's the safest place in the world because you know that everybody's been tested. Everybody's following a protocol. We have amazing people on set who are walking around like every two minutes just doing sanitizing stuff, um, wiping the um, doorknobs down. So it's like the safest place in the world now. That's so beautiful. And to, bu- to book it through a pan- during a pandemic, for me to be- book a series regular in my yeah. first feature role on a movie, I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. But you, you always have to build it. You always well, have to build it. Well, you deserve it, brother. You worked oh, so hard and you weren't above it. And I love that about your journey. I mean, it's very few actors can say that, man. And, and uh, yes. I, I know I'm only just getting to know you, but I'm so proud of you. And Oh, thank you. Yeah, man. And, yeah. See, that's, and that's the other great thing, Ryan, right? Because even though we're from different walks of life, I feel like, especially at Diana Castle's class, right? You when you book something, the entire class books something. Yeah. So as an actor, when you see another person that you can relate to, when they're booking something, there's no reason to be jealous or oh, well, why why is my agent working? No, who is his agent? No, congratulate them because that's their role that was yeah. meant for them, and you continue on your path because when it comes. When it rains, it pours and yeah. you'll be running around, jumping from one meeting late for another meeting. Running. So it's, it's a lot of work. Oh, it's, it gives me hope, man. That's so amazing. Yeah. And we all need that right now. And I, I, I got to ask about All-Star Weekend. Can you talk about <laughs> that project and working with Jamie Foxx? Yeah. So I did that project maybe three years ago. Isn't oh, it, wow. It's yeah. taking that long for, I guess, the so pandemic. It, you know. The pandemic, and I think they had some production stuff they had to get through, and some other stuff. But I, uh, I got, and I got that through background, background work. What? Yeah. It's so always treat people like you want to be treated because you never know what's in your path. So if I have been one of those lazy background artists, not showing up and being hundred percent, they would have never thought of me yeah. to send directly to Jamie Fox's 
company that I, oh he could be LeBron because he looks like LeBron. And sure yeah. enough, it was a no brainer. So I'm like, I never hardly see it until you do profile. I'm like, okay, <laughs> but um, yeah. working with him was amazing because he's a true fan of LeBron and the um, Eva Longoria. I was able to work with her. It's a, they're amazing. It was amazing cast. And um, so just be, being always being on because you never know who is going to be the person to tie the knots together for you. Yeah. So yeah, I got that through background. And so it's an amazing movie. It's going to be really, really funny. Um, I play uh, LeBron James and there's another guy that plays Steph Curry. So it's all about um, Jamie Foxx trying to get in the same room with LeBron. So they're going to go through a crazy journey to get there. And then at the end, you, you probably end up throwing your TV out the window because it, it's a crazy ending. Oh, did you get to meet LeBron? No, I have never met him. Isn't that? It's going to happen, though. It's going to. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Because even you remember the Sprite commercials with LeBron James? And he was like, I wouldn't. So I came in for an audition to be one of his friends. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. They're going to be like, he looks like him. But I go into (laughs) But see, but I still, just like the 45-year-old man, I still showed up. Yeah. To do the work. So I'm in a casting um, room, the hallway. You know, there's other people waiting and people are whispering. I see phones coming up and taking Oh, people pictures. think you're LeBron. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? So we, and this isn't pandemic, so we don't have masks or anything on. Yeah. So I'm sitting like, okay. So we get in the room and the guy, the casting director is looking at me. Everybody's like, he said, say your name. I said, Terrence Terrell. And there was a sign of relief from everybody. They're like, oh my God, we thought you was LeBron. <laughs> Why would he be at his own commercial audition <laughs> waiting in line? Just some like so, punk prank prank shit, you know? So now I'm leaving. I'm like, oh, I ain't getting this shit. I know I'm not going to this because now they think I'm LeBron. Yeah. So then I get a call back. I get a call back to be one of his friends. I'm like, okay, this is stupid. Like some, But when I walked in, they didn't want me to be LeBron. They wanted me to, they didn't want me to be to be his friend, they wanted me to be him. So there was going to be a bit in it where it's going to like where he was going to say, even if don't drink Sprite, even if the guy who looks like me says drink Sprite, don't drink Sprite. And then I was going to do the Sprite thing. But that part, I guess, got cut. But it was, oh. I was very excited. But you never know. You yeah. never know. Wow. You never know. What, and then what, with the motor of it all, I got uh, I got pinned for. And pins are still just like... Just tell me yes or no. Yeah, pen I know. Is, and I didn't know what a pen was. A pen is basically they like you, they want you, they're still just trying to figure out the dates and production and see if it works and yeah. if they're going to keep that role. Yeah. And so I was pinned for three commercials. I was like, please, I just want one commercial, one national commercial. Yeah. And I dropped, got dropped from Toyota, the new Old Spice guy, and GMC or something. That next week, the motor came up, and I almost didn't go to an audition because it was raining in LA. But I went and got a call back and I said, they're not going to pick a black man to be a motorcycle like this. Don't make no sense. And I get in there and there's a guy that looked like he eats motorcycles sitting there. I'm like, oh, that's the guy. (laughs) (laughs) So I get into the room and a director stands up and comes and shakes my hand. And he's like, you were the one I needed to see. I could only see a a few and you were definitely one of the ones. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so, you know, um, in commercials, you get, they have maybe two sides. And if yeah. you get to the second side, you're like, cool, they like me. So there was two sides. And he gave me a third side. Then he gave me a fourth side, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. And by the time we got done, I was in there for like 30 minutes and I did 10 spots for them in a room. So I'm like, okay, what is going on? And these spots weren't outside. They only gave us two. So there was 10 extra spots in there. I'm like, something's going on. So um, I was on hold for it, of course, on a Friday. So I had to go through the entire weekend thinking about it. That Monday casting call, like, what's your size? I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, you don't, we don't know who got it yet. We don't. Yeah. So I'm like, 9 a.m. She said, we'll call you back before the end of the day. So I'm thinking, end of the day is 5 o'clock. Didn't hear anything. I'm like, I'm just going to go to Dave and Buster's. So at 10 o'clock, I'm on a Mario Kart ride. <laughs> At, at, at the Hollywood <laughs> and Highland one? Right, at Hollywood <laughs> Highland. So I'm on the Mario Kart ride. Yeah. Like, I'm still amazing. Yeah. You know, they're lost. They're like, it's fine. I'm going to be all right. <laughs> on Mario Kart, right? Like, yeah. no, it's fine. I'll get another one. It's fine. I hate commercials. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, my agent texted me, said, did you get your email? I was like, what email? Open it. She was like, she called. She said, Terrence. You booked it. You're the motor. And I was like, oh, great. So the week of where um, I'm like, cool, one commercial. Yes. 
And I go in there doing a whole week of fittings. People were coming to my house at midnight, walking my dog while they're still fitting me for the uh, motor of it all. And sure enough, I was like, wow, this is a lot of fuss for one commercial. And he said, no, 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 you're doing five in two days. I was like, five national commercials? He's like, yeah. I was like, cool, cool, cool. Of course. You're going to Paris for a year next year, bro. I was like, like, yeah, five commercials. Yeah, cool, cool. And by the same time, it's a lot of work. Like, I'm in that contraption for 12 hours getting it. But yeah, so I ended up getting it. It's been been life-changing. It's been life-changing. Oh, it's so great to hear justice prevailing for you, Terrence, man. Yes, and never give up, you know? Just never give up. And what's for you is for you. You know what I'm saying? And just have the right people around you or telling you no when you were going to look dumb, telling you just having your back and really having that real authentic friendship with people. That really, really goes a long, long way. Yeah, beautiful advice. Well, well, final few questions, brother, because I don't yeah. want to take up all your time. Oh, can take you t- your time. It's all you. You're, you got me. So <laughs> take your time. Take Wait, your can, time. Can you talk about the animated series and when we might see yes. that? Yeah. <gasps> oh, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. When I tell you, I can say a couple of names. When I tell you I'm doing. So, mind you, it's, it's crazy how life works, um, how things connect, right? So dialysis, my grandmother was, I was 15 when I saw my grandmother start dialysis. Well, 17. So I was there. I saw her. I was going to the dialysis center. So I have respect for people. And I I know the nurses, just really good respect for them. So now my grandmother used to dress like Diana Ross going to dialysis. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm making it entertaining. So now I'm on a show that makes dialysis entertaining, like in real life. Yeah. And then now... I wrote a book called Blackie out of depression when I went to therapy and stuff because the criminal mind thing really, really got me. Um, I went there and I just remember that the first couple of hours of that set, I'm like, they're going to knock on a door. And this has happened a few times in my head. I'm like, they're going to knock on the door and tell me I'm not the guy. They picked the wrong guy. Yeah. And they're going to say, we got the right guy. Get out of our trailer. And, it ne- you know, the knock never comes. I'm like, cool. I'm still in. Yeah. So I would be like anxious throughout the entire thing. Like, Oh my God, I just want to do a good job because they're going to say I'm not the guy. So I, I went through therapy and realized there's a lot of stuff from my childhood. So I start writing. I'm like, going to write a script. But it wasn't a script. It was a book. So I thought, oh, this is a cool children's book. So I self-published it, paid for everything myself. Wow. Where can um, people purchase it? iCrownMe.com. iCrownMe.com. So I have now, I, I and Blackie means be loving, adoring, caring, and kind to yourself. It's, you know, just about self-love. So I ended up writing, my mom passed. I wrote another book about her, Superheroes Every Day, The Sheets. Then the third book came. The fourth book came. Um, the fifth book with the George Floyd happen, happening, um, I end up, I'm Mrs. Tina, Beyonce's mom, Tina Knows Lawson. It's Mrs. It's Tina's Angels and Richard's Warriors. I'm a head mentor for them. Wow. So we're here in this room and I'm, we're on Zoom now because we can't go hug the kids or anything. So it's a pandemic. George Floyd just happened. We had to call a mercy meeting just to check on the babies because most of them are minorities. Yeah. So we're sitting there and you got like 80 boxes of kids crying, losing their mind. And uh, you can't touch them. You can't hug them and tell them it's going to be OK. And they're scared to be black or scared to be Mexican. They're scared to be minorities. So I'm like, oh, my God. So then next thing you know. Skin Deep came up to, it was a story where I really tried to wash my skin color off when I was a kid, because I didn't want to be black anymore. Um, and out of fear and other things that were going on at home. Um, but now all of these works, I ended up coming up with this. I was like, I'm going to do a Kickstarter to get this out and hopefully get into festivals, even maybe win an Oscar or something. Yeah. And so sure enough, I went back to Six Point Harness. And their animation house, they said, oh, cool, we'll do this. You did Kickstarter, we'll do it. Then Anthony Hemingway, I uh, saw him on Instagram and I'm like, hey, can you give me some money for this? And I sent him the link. He calls me and says, I want to back you with my production company to do this. We need this story right now. So I'm like, okay. So now I'm on the show. The other book came out. And now Six Point Harness is here. Anthony Hemingway's here. And now I'm in these meetings, pitch meetings with DreamWorks, Netflix, Apple, Paramount, all these amazing companies who now want my work. And it's amazing because I start off and I own all my work. So I paid and I own it right out, 100% of everything. So now going into these meetings, I don't have to worry about having bad people connected to my work, trying to get it off the ground. I have 
It's just me and real stories. And it's my heart work, you know? Yeah. And so now I mean, we got some really, really exciting things coming up. Oh, um, man. I can't yes. wait to see. And when I tell you the company that it seems like it's going to be with, it's going to not, it, it's going to knock your socks off. It's yeah. literally like, it's mind blowing about how a dark place for me have become has become a place of hope for other people. You know what I mean? Through yeah. my books and everything else I do. So that's why I always say, like, even though we don't really know each other like that, I'm your brother as you are my brother. Yeah. I win, you win, you win, I win. Yeah. And that's why you always just have to um, network and just treat people the way you want to be treated and always just put your best foot forward in everything because you never know where that journey is going to take you. The person that you were rude to at a student film because of the regular is a student film that those kids are going to school to become directors in Hollywood. So that same director that you were disrespectful to as a student is now you're buying to try to be on yeah. one of these projects. Oh, man. So treat the people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Uh, um, I'm curious, you know, because it has been such just a, excuse my language, just a fucking dark year of racism yeah. and bigotry yeah. and hate, you know, as, as a black man in Hollywood, do you feel like, you know, I mean, I, I know we're getting better representation wise, but I mean, mm -hmm. what do you think, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I may not look it, but I'm half Mexican, but like, Oh, you know, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Perez is my last name, you know, but <laughs> what do you, what do you think, I mean, what do you think can be done more? You know, how can we help each other? You know what I'm finding out um, with my books, right? So the she's, there's a lesson about DNA. All of us have 99.9% .9 of the same DNA as humans. So I'm like, that's almost a whole dollar, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm like, all of us are really brothers and sisters if you really want to look at it through that real lens. So all of us are brothers and sisters. And so with that, just have empathy for people. You know what I'm saying? Even if it, if it, we shouldn't have to wait for it to, I shouldn't have to wait for my mom to pass in a violent way or your mom to pass in a violent way because I know you to now care. We yeah. just treat each other with empathy and, and know that people are just, humans are really just humans, you know? And most of the grownups out here are angry children that grew up <laughs> with, with some issues that they haven't really figured out yet. And also, Keep that in mind. But at the same time, write your stories out. Don't wait for anybody to give you opportunity. Yeah. Write your own stories out about the um, the half Mexican, half Caucasian guy who is trying. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that resonates. There's so many more Ryans looking and hoping for a Ryan to be in that space. Yeah. So it's a responsibility. So go out and start doing your own stuff. Make sure it's quality. Yeah. You know, you'll have course. a couple <laughs> of shots at it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but um, but go out and you know, get that iPhone camera. Everybody has a phone now. These cameras are amazing on these yeah. phones. Start shooting like a little five-page script about a, a, a boy growing up not knowing his nationality or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Start getting the stories out because we can't keep fighting for these stories when they had stories that wasn't made for us. So yeah. now, as artists, we need to start telling our own stories, and now they will start knocking on your door yeah. for your stories. So, so that's how we ought to do it. So beautiful. Thank you for that. And always. And 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 dude, this has been an incredible conversation. My this is my final question for you before one you know, question I, for you. Well, one question. Do you speak Spanish? Uh más o menos. I need to get more fluent, man. See, and yeah. these are questions that these are the amazing things that we have to like talk about, right? Yeah. Because the one of my characters in my third book, her name is Choice. She's half Mexican and half Caucasian, but she doesn't know. Well, she's very proud of her um, her Mexican heritage, so she knows Spanish, right? Yeah. But I, it wasn't fun to me. So if you say you were Mexican, right, I would automatically be like, oh, you speak Spanish. But I didn't know that a lot of Mexican people that have come here, their parents were not allowing them to speak Spanish at home yeah. because yeah. they wanted them to have the American dream. That's literally what happened to my father. You know, it, it, he was... He was called Taco Lips and, yeah. and, you know, there was such great shame brought to him. I, I think it, 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 you know, kind of similar to what you said, you know, it just, it haunted him. And exactly. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate in some ways, but I, you know, I, I, I really regret not, you know, obviously I took it in high school, but I, yeah, I wish yeah. I would, I, I would have taken it more seriously because when you're young, you know, you don't know, everyone tells you how important it is and, and focus, but you really don't know until you're older and you have that maturity to be like, yeah. I, I get what they were telling me then, you know? But then you understand that in a way your dad was trying to protect you, yeah. right? 
Because now, you know, it's amazing that you can actually discover that part of you. But these are the conversations that we need to have because then as a black man, you can also relate to my pain as well. Yeah. You know, pain is pain. So I think once we start talking about pain and actually sharing these stories with each other, we will really realize that all of us are mostly the same. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. You know, that's why I'm an equal opportunity humanizer, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, that's why I got into it. Yeah. And with George Floyd, the reason that story in his death became so big, I feel like as soon as that man said, mama, when you hear the audio of mama, oh, no matter what color you are, uh -oh. you know how you are, if you're in that much pain to scream out mama as a grown man, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Look at that. Um, dude, we it, that is, it connects it, all oh, of us, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. We need to have these conversations and understand that I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. We are just on different paths and we're brothers and sisters at the end of the day. And that's what I try to do in my work and everything in my life. And I feel like that's why I've been so blessed because that's really, really in my heart. I feel like everybody's one. And we just really, once we let those lens down and this class stuff and really start really trying to touch people with our heart and our energy, the world will be such a better place. And even like now with COVID, yeah. it's happened for a reason. Now, when we actually can start integrating and talking to people, you're going to talk to everybody. Oh you my see. God, I know. <laughs> Never taking it for granted again. Right. Hey, how you doing? Did I get a hug? Here we go. Hey. Oh, hey, let man. me pick that up for you. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think everything happens for a reason. So this hopefully will bring us closer together just as a human race, yeah. not just a, a human race. And I'm curious, you know, final question is, yeah. you know, for the young Terrence that's in Cleveland, Mississippi, or, you know, the young <laughs> actor that's in where I grew up, Richmond, Virginia, you know, any words of wisdom to these people that didn't grow up from a family that's in the business and, and mm. don't have immense means of wealth and have this mm. dream to be an artist? What, what, what would I would say, say, I would say, read as much as you can. Um, you're blessed to have, I know it may feel like, you know, Cleveland, Mississippi was so far away. I'm like, how in the world am I going to do this? But I knew I had to, um, it was work ethic. So read as much as you can. And now that we have the internet and Google, I say there's a blueprint already out there. What I'm doing is nothing new. It's already out there. So start watching documentaries about the stars that you look up to, and you'll find that they went through a lot of hardships to get to where they are. Yeah. So, and that will let you know that, you know, that little town that you're in is really just a little step to compare it to this huge world that you can step into. So read as much as you can look and study your study, the craft that you want to go into and never be closed minded where you like, I only can do this. Because you never know, it may fall another way, but always just be ready for the opportunity. Just be a good person and go to school. Go yeah. to school. Yeah. I definitely go, if you're in a small town, definitely go to college. Um, outside of it. So even if it's, my college is 45 minutes away from home. Go to college to start learning what type of person you are, what type of person you are on your own, how to live on your own. Yeah. And then after college, make that leap to the LA or, um, or, or New York. And or Atlanta now, I guess. You know, or Atlanta. Like, so if you're in yeah. that spot right now where you just graduated and you're like, what do I do? Let me save up money. Let me save up. No. When you graduated, I moved from to L.A. two days after I graduated wow. so that nothing could stop me or get in my way. So yeah. I didn't care how much money I had in the bank. I said, August 8th, August 28th, I was going to be in L.A. no matter what. And I knew that a year before whatever else. So after I graduated two days later, I was out. So you have to set your plans in stone because if not, so you're never going to have enough money to save up to get out here. Cause I went broke within two days. Cause yeah. I didn't know what a parking, what a parking sign was. So my car got told like, <laughs> oh, I, I was like, what do you mean? There's parking instructions. What is a meter? Um, so my car got told like five times and it was almost $800 every time to get it out. So oh. all that little savings that I thought I had went away like that. So you're never going to have enough money to quote unquote start have you have a start. So just have the audacity and in the drive and and work hard and treat people the way you want to be treated and surround yourself with the right people because once you work hard people admire and people love to help people who work hard. Yeah. 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 Harris Sorrell, man, 
I am so proud of you. It's oh, very thanks. rare that I say that. Everything that has happened to you oh, is Ryan. pure justice. The best is yet to come, man. It, it was thank a true, you. true honor talking with you. Oh, I have you so too, much gratitude man. for you opening up and giving back to everyone. And please come back, man, when the animated show yes. or the movie. Let's do this yes. again, man. When I tell you, Ryan, it's going to, it freaks, it, it's freaking me out. And it's, will nobody next week, but I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> Not gonna, we'll know yeah. by next week. Like just knowing who I, I, I know who I want to go with. But Ryan, when I tell you, being a little boy from Cleveland, Mississippi, and poor at one point, having the same shoe for three years, to now these amazing people in high positions emailing, like, hey, send it, send it over. We want to make sure we set up the right team to make sure your word get out there. Yeah. So it's like, just be you. No, it may get hard. You're gonna have some dark times, but. Know that you're going to go through it. And once you get past it, the world is yours. You do whatever you want. I can't think of a better way to end this conversation, man. <laughs> so much love, brother. I'm going to shoot you a Thank follow you. on Instagram now. Stay Thank in touch you. and uh, come back, man, please. I will. Anytime. Yeah. Just let All me right. know. Man. And All continue right. doing what you're doing because there's a lot of Ryans looking up to you for that spot. So just continue doing exactly what you're doing. It means more to me than I I can ever articulate, brother. So much love, Terrence, all right? Thank you. All All right. right, brother. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.